Hey there, I'm your host, Misty, and I'm a woman's life coach. In my former life, I was overstressed, overwhelmed, and always overdoing it, which I believe led to my diagnosis of rheumatoid arthritis. Now I get to live a life that I've designed and I have the power to create what I want. Doesn't that sound cool? I found my way back to health by showing up for myself and releasing old patterns, including being the ultimate people pleaser and perfectionist. I created this podcast from my passion to empower, uplift, and transform the lives of women who are struggling with chronic stress and illness by providing tips, tools, and insights into the power of rest, how our thoughts and old patterns not only hold us back, but create dis-ease in the body. My goal is to support and educate at the same time as build a community of like-minded women so we remember we are not alone. Now's the time to begin the exploration into what is holding you back and start to design the life of your dreams. My only question is, are you ready? Let's get going. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone. I am so excited for today's episode and my beautiful guest, Chrisula Van Orschkot. Chrisula started her career as a registered massage therapist in 1999. And after 11 years in healthcare, she switched paths and became an elementary school educator. In 2019, Chrisula started by Meraki and brought together her love of wellness, creativity, and education into one. She is passionate about personal growth and wellness and is highly motivated to help others reach their full potential. Through by Meraki, it is a Greek word meaning to do something with soul, creativity, or love, to put something of yourself into your work. And Chrisula has provided women with opportunities to improve their wellness journey through courses, workshops, and retreats. In 2021, Chrisula was asked to bring her passion and knowledge into the coaching world as an accountability and wellness coach. Chrisula is also a mother, wife, avid runner, and adventure seeker. She is passionate about everything she does and is excited to see where the next path will lead. Welcome, Chrisula. Thank you, Misty. I'm so excited to have you here and to have you share your wisdom and knowledge and really how you got into all of this and started to coach and work with women, but also to really even tap into the amazing retreats that you have been creating over the last year. But let's just start with what has inspired you to support women? So I was really inspired by my friends, my colleagues, um, other women just that I spoke with either online or through places that I just met other people. I was finding that, um, I was hearing over and over again that people felt stuck in where they were. Uh, they felt that they weren't living their purpose. They weren't, um, not only not living their purpose, but there was no passion in what they were doing. So I felt like there was also this void in supporting women who were able to do these things. So to me, I was in maybe at that time, I was one of those people who were like, who would look at other people who were doing things and be like, oh, why are they doing that when they should be doing something else? And I kind of started to realize that, you know, we grow, we change. This is something that maybe they're doing right and I should be doing. So I, I was really, really focused on um, what I could do to support these women already living their purpose. And I thought, what could I do and how can I 
support them. Um, I thought it was really, really important for me to do that. I also thought, you know, if I'm not out there supporting these women, how can people be supporting me? So I really changed my mindset, my focus on, you know, being an advocate, being a, a empowering other women. I know that's kind of cliche now, like to be like empowered women, empower women, but it's true. And I've always been somebody who is like a, you know, card carrying feminist is what I'll say. Um, but I thought, you know, am I, am I truly doing what I'm, what I say I'm doing by not supporting women in what they want to do, not what I expect them to do. So I thought that that was a big, that was a big mind shift change for me. And I really wanted to, I don't know, in my forties, start doing that. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And so what do you think, it's interesting when you say what you, you, I think you were talking, speaking from the I and that what I expected women to do. And I know I talk a lot about for women, it's like, we have these expectations put upon us, like from a very young age of what we're like, what our path is to look like. And then we forget about what our true, and you use the word purpose or passion is because we're living these expectations of others. So I'm just curious as to what brought in that shift of mindset for you. I think that, you know, I was seeing myself like, so I was a massage therapist for 11 years and I loved, loved, loved doing that job. I, I'm a talker. I love talking to, to people. I loved learning about them. I loved helping, supporting them to help themselves. I love that aspect. But then I got, um, I never saw my kids. I'm an all in type of person. And with a job like massage therapy, I, uh, I didn't, I wasn't able to say no to people. Like I said, I'm an all in person. So people would call me at like, you know, be 6 PM. Oh, I need to get, is there any, do you have any appointments available? And I'd be like, okay, fine. I'd sacrifice that time with my family um, so that I could treat people. And then I thought, okay, well, I'm supposed to be, you know, my, I'm supposed to be a good mom and I'm supposed to be a great wife. And I'm supposed to have this great career because people are telling me this is what the woman of the nineties, the early two thousands, you know, what she's supposed to do. I had my kids in 2002 and 04 and it was, I was supposed to do everything and be good at everything. And then I thought, okay, well, this is, I can't do this anymore. I can't see, I can't be a good mom, but I still want to be, I still want to work. I still want to be providing. I want to have my own money. I want to have my own, um, I felt like I needed to do something that was like being part of the family that I didn't, I, I feel like I was brought up to be self-sufficient and I wanted to, make sure I had money and a good job and be a good mom. All of those things that we are told that our parents weren't told that they had to do, but we are told we have to have everything. So I got into this. Um, so I switched careers cause I thought like I, everyone thought I was a teacher all the time anyway. And 
I decided to switch careers and become an educator. I already had my degree, so it was another year of schooling, which was the toughest year of my life with a four-year-old and a six-year-old. And I had my clinic and three employees and going to school full-time. It was, it was a lot. And I knew that after that, I would never, ever say I'm busy ever again. <laughs> but I switched careers and, and I thought, okay, so I'm in this, um, I'm in education now and I love it. And I loved massage therapy. And I felt like I was, I don't know, about five years ago, there was a, a woman that I worked with, a young woman, and she was kind of doing a different thing with teaching. Um, she was on social media and she was talking about all these things that she was doing. And I, and she was a business coach and doing all of these other things. And I remember people were talking about her and not talking favorably about her. And I'm going to admit, I was one of those people at that time. And I thought, what am I doing? I talked to her and I, she told me about what she was doing. And I, and I thought, why am I so involved? Why do I care if she's pursuing another avenue to make money? Why am I judging her? Why are all these other people judging her? And I thought at that moment, because I didn't want to be that person. I didn't like that person that I was, I was when I was, you know, involved in conversations that surrounded this, this woman. And I thought, no, like I'm, you know, car carrying feminist. <laughs> I should be supporting her. Why am I judging her? So I really think that that was a clear moment in my journey that it was like, no, I need to switch my mindset. What she is doing, good for her. Like it is nothing to do with me. And the fact that I am, instead of supporting her, instead of pumping her up, I am like talking about her behind her back. That's, that's not who I want to be. And I feel like that was the moment that I was like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. And it really was a mindset shift, mm -hmm. mindset shift for me. And um, I wanted to be a better person. And I was already doing a lot of personal growth things. And I thought, look at me, I'm like doing all this personal growth and I'm wanting to be a better person. And I'm caught in these conversations. And I, I just thought that was it. I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. Thank you so much for being open and vulnerable and really acknowledging that part, like that experience, because I think we all do that, right? That's the thing is that you're not alone. We've all been caught in those conversations. We've all been, and we shame ourselves around it, but it's like, no, like I have a choice here and you made that choice and that's beautiful. And I think that's amazing. And I appreciate that you shared that with us today. Why do you think it's important for women to build a community of support? I think the biggest thing that I've noticed is that as women, we feel guilty about building this community. Um, we feel guilty about getting together with other women to socialize. So what have we done? We have built multi-level marketing companies surrounding getting together, because if it's a business, we are allowed to do it. If you're coming to buy my candles, my products, my whatever, 
I can justify being with other women. Men don't do that. Men just get together, have a beer, whatever, and shoot the shit. That's what they do. Women feel guilty about it. So I feel like because we have felt guilty about it, we have not allowed ourselves to be in these conversations, in these communities of women. Like I was talking to someone about this the other day and, you know, I said, you know, like my mom didn't need it, but she did. There were church groups. There were women who got together and baked stuff for the, you know, Catholic Women's League or whatever. Those were times that they got together. Something shifted in our generations, Gen X, I feel generation, that made it, it's not okay just to hang out with women. We need to be hanging out with other women and be productive, right? And what is productive? Productive is money. So now we have everybody selling God knows what to God knows who. And I'm not, I'm not shake. That's a great thing. I, if people want to do it, that is amazing. Go for it. But I'm, I'm not going to do it so that I can socialize with other women that, so I can build community. I don't want to be a part of that. If I want to buy something, I will buy it, but I don't want to have it as an excuse to get out. And I hate that we have done that. Oh, just come out for the social. You don't have to buy anything. Come out for the coffee. Well, just invite me to your house for a coffee anyway. Invite me to your house for some wine anyway. We feel guilty about that. And I, I want to change that narrative for women. I want people to be able to build a community of like-minded women who get together and talk and talk about real things. Talk about you know, the now what, this is like the, this is, I feel like we're in that generation now of, you know, we're kind of in between um, women who are like, we've had kids and they've grown up and, you know, they don't want to be us around us anymore. So that was so much of what our life was, you know, I totally, my life was my kids. You know, my social life was surrounded by my kids. Now they're 17 and 19. They don't want to hang out with me. And then who am I now? Who am I now? What am I going to do? And I feel like there's so many people in that situation. And I can, I will argue that men don't feel that way because they maintained their individuality while their kids were little. I'm not saying they didn't support kids. I'm not saying they didn't take them to hockey or didn't do anything, but they didn't make their lives around their kids. They didn't take everything and become the planners of everything and the schedulers of everything. And that's a, that's a woman thing. Like we do that, I think naturally. And for me, it's a control thing, <laughs> but now I'm like, okay, now what I've, I've lost, I, I haven't made friends outside of my, my kids. I still have some great friends from before, but I think that a lot of us are in that same position. How do we make friends? How do we connect with other people? And I feel like providing women with a safe space to talk, I think is what we need right now. And, you know, in, in a space where we're not selling something, we're just doing and talking. And it's so interesting, um, just 
when you talk about the planning, I talk about, I'm in a workshop right now and I talk about boundaries today and it's like called emotional labor. The women who do all the planning, right? The Christmas planning, the Easter planning, the what are the kids' schedules, all of that. These women, like women take all of that on and then when they no longer have it, there's this like void of what to do. But from a perspective of a woman who has no children, I remember like, and Derek and I have talked about this as we were, like we had this really big group of friends and we'd all get together and they all had kids. And then those women wouldn't come out. They would only get together with other women with kids. So it was like, I, you know, those friendships dissipated, which is fine. It's part of like natural law of life. It's fine. But now it's like, now they're all have freedom again. So it's just so interesting to, to watch it because there was a lot of friendships that I lost because their lives changed. It the women's life revolved around the kids and that's where their focus was. And I totally honored that and appreciated that. And then from my perspective, it's like my little pool got smaller, but now it's growing again because these women have more freedom to be able to look into themselves. So yeah, I think it's a big thing and, and you're right in this generation, it's a shift for all women of all sort of types, kids, no kids and all of the changes that they've gone through. So the, yeah. I agree. I think that there's, there's just regardless of what, it, whether you have children or not, I think the narrative for women has been the same. Do everything, be everything, and with a smile on your face, you know, and, <laughs> right. And it's, you know, I'm hopeful that this new generation of children, of young women, like my daughter's age, will kind of break from that and be happy with just who they are and not and maintain friendships. I think that that is connection is huge. And I think that we have lost a lot of those connections, especially, you know, in the climate of, you know, COVID, but connection is huge. And uh, I felt those connections leaving right? We, we, we tend to be with people in the same stage of life as us, regardless of age, I think, as we get older. So I, ultimately, I think it just comes down to maintaining those connections and, you know, making sure that we stop the narrative of maintaining friendships and connections mm -hmm. as selfish. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. exactly. And that it reminding ourselves, it, nur it nourishes us, right? It's nurturing our soul when we make that time, which is why, why your the retreats that you create. So I had the honor of being at one and it was amazing and really supports that. And so just sort of what it is, what is it that sort of brought that to you? Like, how is it that's came about this idea of creating a retreat and all of the you know, like what I know, just I'll give a little feedback for the the audience. I went to Chrisula's retreat last summer and I'll let her talk about it. But for me, from my perspective, it was so nourishing and just being in the company of other women and learning from each other. And Chrisula did some amazing workshops, but there was movement and there was nature, which anyone who knows me knows I love being in nature. So there was all of this, like really just being... And I remember coming home and Derek was like, what, you don't even text me all day? I'm like, I didn't even have my phone. It was so glorious, right? Like it was just that amazing that it was like, 
as soon as I landed there, I didn't need my phone. It was like, I knew that I didn't need my phone and I tucked it away and didn't even like look at it. So really what inspired you to create these retreats for women? I think for me, um, creating the retreats, I, I, the things that I do, I feel like are in alignment with where I'm at in my life. I do what I need and I feel like I need retreats. I need that time with other women. I need that time to remember who I am um, and why I am important. Not as like separate from being a mom, separate from being a wife, separate from being a teacher. Who am I? And I, I really think, um, you know, we kind of lose ourselves and I, doing these retreats has brought me back to who I was back to me, Chrisula, who I was as a kid, what I wanted to do, who I wanted to be. And a lot of times as we get older, we forget about those, that, that person, that little girl. Um, one of the things in creating that first retreat, I, uh, read this book and I was, um, it it talked about excavating your true self. And one of the things that I did in that was excavating my true self is go back to my childhood home and look through old report cards and look through old pictures. And I found this picture of myself and I have it as my lock screen right now. And I'm sure some people look at it and they think it's my daughter. Um, because it's me when I was six years old. And I have it as my lock screen because I feel like I need to remember who I was and why I do what I do. So in this picture, it's me standing in like that Wonder Woman pose. And I didn't know it at the time, but I was standing with my hands on my hips. My feet were like shoulder width apart. And, you know, I've got this probably 1981. I was six years old. And I had short green shorts on and my red bathing suit top. And I was just standing there with my long pigtails. And, you know, I think I have that as my lock screen because I think that is who, that's my why. You know, I want to be who that little girl wanted to be. I want to be, I want to fulfill all of her goals and dreams. And You know, when people look at that, sometimes they're like, oh my God, I can't believe you have a picture of yourself on your cell phone. Like, why don't you have a picture of your kids? I'm like, because my kids are who they want to be. And I want them to be who they want to be. You know, their successes, their, their failures are theirs. You know, my successes, my failures are mine. They are not, I'm not tied. Like, I love my children. I love you know, I love my husband. I love everything about my family, but I am Chrisula first. And when I say that, people kind of get angry about saying that, you know, you should be a wife first. You should be a mother first. I, in my retreats, we talk about that. And we talk about like finding who we are, finding our why, and it can't be linked to other people. It has to be linked to us. Um, when I started doing these retreats, I thought a lot about it and I had, um, 
wanted to do them for a few years before I started. And I really, I think I started them at the right time for me. I think I started them at the right time. It was, you know, yes, it's in the middle of coronavirus and people are worried and stressed out, but I also feel like people needed to remember who they were and know that it's okay to be honest to yourself. Thank you. Yeah. And that's really what I, I took away from the retreat. And it's really something that I talk to my clients about is, and when you say people get angry, it's so interesting. And it's like, if that, the person who's getting triggered by you wanting to identify as Chrisula first, it's like, I I would invite them to get curious and to pull back into awareness of why is that triggering you? And how can I be the best wife or the best mom if I don't know who I am at the core of who I am, right? It's like, that's where I believe the work begins. And I think it impacts our well-being, our health, our mental status. It's like so important for us to know who we are. And we put on pretenses for all different walks, like all different people in our lives and that brings us further and further away from who we truly are, right? And so your, I took your retreat as a place of, I get to just sit and be, and am I putting pretenses on that pull me away from my heart and my, like my true self? And now I just get to be who I am and strengthen that connection, right? That's, that's so important is to strengthen that connection of who we are because it can get lost because of societal views and other people's, you know, ideas around it and dumping all of their, and us taking it in, right? We take it in and, and it's like, you've created safe space for people to push it away and know it's okay. So thank you for the work that you do at those. Thank you for saying that. I really feel like um, one of the things that I learned, I, I'm the type of person who has always been, has always said that I don't care what other people think. I've always said that. Now, you know, obviously the teenage years, I really cared about what other people thought about me, even though I was outspoken, uh, generally opinionated, you know, like that kind of person. Um, and, and judgmental. I said that, I said that earlier, but I've now realized, I remember hearing this, a version of this before that I've taken into my own, um, you know, some people say like other people's opinions of you are none of your business. Uh, but I have said we need to stop giving VIP access to the cheap seat people in our lives. Look, this girl that I was, you know, five, six years ago talking about or being in the presence of other people talking about, I am a cheap seat person in her life. She knows that. She, she did not like, not, I don't know if she knew anything that I was saying, but like I would need, we need to get to that where like these other people, these other people who want to talk about you and want to say like, why are you, you have this lock screen of yourself? You know, that's a cheap seat people, person in my life. I'm not giving them VIP access to my thoughts, to what I'm doing, why I'm doing it. I, I have really come to embody that saying like stop giving vip access to the cheap seat people yeah, in your life. that's such great advice and i love how, how you worded that right that's such that's amazing advice for anybody who's listening um another thing that i have seen you talk about on your instagram and even at the retreat was uh, about the power of goal setting so do you incorporate that in your coaching 
Yes, I do a lot of, um, so I do a lot of wellness and accountability coaching. uh, And within that is goal setting. And we, I kind of go through and develop like what are your actual goals based on your priorities in your life at the moment. One of the things that um, people often set all these goals for themselves and, you know, I'm, I know myself, I haven't reached some of these goals because they weren't in line with my priorities. So at different points in your life, you have different priorities. That's a fact. You know, I, I can't, when my children were little, keeping them alive was a priority. You know, I couldn't leave the house and leave them by themselves. You know, now I can do that. So I think that your your goals, I really talk about making sure that your goals are in alignment with your priorities mm-hmm. at the moment. And they can change and they can develop. Um, but you really need to be honest with yourself about what you are willing to do, what you are willing to sacrifice and where you're at in your life with your priorities. Yeah. So if someone's working with you, so you talked about what, how does the accountability piece show up in your coaching business for somebody? So, so the first thing that we do is we go, we, we go through some of the goals, we develop a, so a lot of people talk about smart goals, right? So I'm sure a lot of your uh, audience has heard about smart goals, but I take it a step further and yes, there we, we're working on smart goals where they're specific, they're measurable, they're achievable, they're realistic, and they're timely. But I take it a step further, and they need to be. You need to think about the where, why, when, and how of it. So here's an example. I will let's say I want to start a running program, right? And I'm going to say okay, Misty, I want to start running. And my goal is to run three times a week. I'm going to run three times a week and I'm going to run five kilometers each time. Let's say that's your goal. So there we go. That's a smart goal. It's specific. It's measurable. It's achievable because I've run before. It's real realistic and it's timely, right? Every week I'm going to run, but that's all good <laughs> to make it better. What I do is I say, okay, so now when are you going to run? What time of the day are you going to run? With who are you going to run? Where are you going to run? How, what if it rains? What is your, what, what are you going to do differently if it rains? If it's cold, if you're, you know, so we take it, I take it further and I make, this is how we make it accountable because to say, this is what I'm going to do is one thing when you have a plan behind it and you've written it out and you've said at 8 a.m i will run on monday at 8 a.m down you know in springbank park for example i will drive there park my car this is what i'm going to wear when you're so specific about it your goals are more achievable and you're not going to let yourself down i i have learned to not let myself down like I'm, I am, I'm, I'm so important in my life that I'm not letting myself down anymore because I've done that. 
right? I've given up on myself and I'm not doing that. And I don't want my clients to give up on themselves. So, you know, I gave the example of five, you know, 5k runs three times a week, but that is for a specific person. You want to start small. You know, being accountable is having an achievable goal that you can, you know, you want to start small and having those small successes. If you are, you know, it's something that you're not going to, you know, you're saying, oh, I'm going to run a marathon and you've never run a kilometer in your life. That's not realistic. (laughs) So, but how about the goal is by the end of March, I'm going to run seven times. You know, that could be realistic. This is where I'm going to run. This is what I'm going to do. The accountability piece comes in when you're so specific about it. And then it's like, okay, now I have to do it because I've now laid out the groundwork. I've laid the plan. I just have to execute. That's that's a great way to look at it. And you know what kept popping in for me as you were talking is this idea of like visualization. It almost sounds like you help your clients visualize, like right down to the specificity of what are you going to wear that day? Because there's so much research about how our brains can't tell the difference between our, like what we're creating, the vision and reality. And then when we do that visualization of what we're doing, it helps keep us moving, right? It really gets us into that flow. So that's such a beautiful way to support your clients. And also, I, as you were talking, I'm like, and celebrate the wins. Celebrate that you ran those seven times by the end of March, right? Like that's what we forget to do. Right. So I think that the one thing that I really, I talk a lot about um, with my clients and just in general is giving ourselves grace. So a lot of times we have a goal and we are not successful at that goal every single day of our life. That's, that's reality. But what happens sometimes is that people will be like, okay, I want to lose weight. Oh, I ate a cupcake. Oh, now I've ate a cupcake. So I might as well eat this. And I'm, oh, I'm going to start next week. I'm going to start, you know, I have to start on a Monday again. I've, you've sabotaged your whole week, your whole whatever. Yeah, I'm going to start on the first of the month. But instead of doing that, you know, allow yourself to be like, you know what? I had a shitty day. I had a bad meal. I had a, and it's Okay you know what, I'm going to forgive myself. And the next hour, the next minute, the next day, whatever is, I'm going to be, be back at it. And I think recognizing that is a huge deal for people because we get so down on ourselves. But I, I, one of the things that I talk about is the five G's. Um, And one of those G's is grace, giving yourself grace. And every single day I I write down something that I give myself grace for from the day before, you know, and it could be yelling at my kids. It could be yelling at my husband. (laughs) It could be, you know, eating something that I know wasn't good for me, whatever it is. I, I write it down and I say, you know, I'm going to get, I give myself grace for this and it's out of my mind and it's, it allows me to move forward with what my goals are. Um, and I think that has been a key point in a lot of people's success with goal setting is that intentional grace giving to yourself. Mm-hmm. We give grace to everybody else. Yeah. 
Yeah, we do. And yet for us, we, we, it's, uh, and I, I'm in a workshop right now that I'm running. And one of the things we talked about was like the relationship we have with self. And a lot of them came up that they beat themselves up. They beat themselves up. Right. And I'm like, and would you do that to your child or your best friend or, and they're all like, no, I'm like, yeah. Right. Yeah. That we're our own worst enemies and we are, we are quick to criticize ourselves. We are quick to judge ourselves. But what is that judgment based off of? You know, it's, I feel a lot of it is based off of, you know, what we're seeing other people, like, you know, the highlight reels of their lives on, you know, on social media. And it's like, oh, you know, this person is doing so well. And this person is, you know, where they want to be. But, you know, you don't know what's going on in their day to day. So we need to stop, you know, judging our lives based on somebody else's, you know, highlight reel on Instagram. <laughs> yes, very much so. So you have given a lot of tips, like really helpful tips on goal setting, but is there anything, any like one tip or anything else you want the listeners to know just to be really successful at goal setting if this is a new idea for them? Yeah, I think that there's a couple of things that I would I would definitely say. Um, be intentional, be intentional with your goals. And and when I say that, you need to write them out every day, whatever they are. Be intentional. Like the when you write them out in the morning, they'll be fresh in your mind all day. If you write them out every day, you will be setting intentions for your day. So be intentional with with your goals. Start small is another tip. Uh, really enjoy those small wins. You know, going out for dinner and not eating the bun might be a win for you, right? I don't know. Going for a walk on a rainy day is a, is a win for people. So think about, celebrate those small wins, and but start small with your goals. Um, the last thing I think is a, a two more things I'm going to say. So what is a plan? So I kind of said this already, but plan, 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 put it in your schedule, whatever that schedule is, plan, be specific with your goals, what's, what you're going to do. And my last tip is that has really helped me is stacking my goals. So stack it to something that you already do. So for example, I had a, I had a goal of starting a meditation practice. I had a hard time starting a meditation practice. I do meditate every day now. I have stacked meditating every day to making coffee. So here's what I do. I get up in the morning. The first thing I do after, you know, go to the washroom. (laughs) First thing I do is make coffee. While the coffee is brewing, I do a meditation every single day. Now it's a habit. I have attached, I've clustered those that together. I have stacked my goal of being to a ha- sorry, I've stacked my goal to a habit that already exists. So my habit, I'm going to make coffee every day. I didn't meditate every day, but now it triggers me when I medit- when I make coffee, I go lay down in my, on my mat. I do my meditation, my 10 minute med- morning meditation every day. That is to me has been life changing. There's another, another example of one that I've done is I had a goal of starting a skincare um, routine. I was really bad at like washing my face, (laughs) 
So I thought, okay, I need to, I know it seems silly, but I'm like, I'm not really good at that. I don't, I'm not consistent. So now my face wash is in the shower because I shower every day. So I know for sure I am going to wash my face at least once a day. It's something I already do and a practice I wanted to start. It might seem silly and small, but it works. So think of things that you already do to stack these things. That's such a great tip. Thank you. I love that. That's a great idea. Um, Okay. So before we wrap up and just talking about how people can find you to either work with you as the accountability and wellness coach or to attend one of your amazing retreats, just something a little fun for the, for the listeners is if you feel like sharing, what is like one silly thing that you love that you don't necessarily let a lot of people know about? I love to do this just so that the listeners can all know that we all have silly little quirks and it's all good. And it doesn't mean that there's anything to be ashamed of, just something fun. So something I do, and to be honest with you, I'm an open book. So I think that um, most people know everything about me, too much about me. I love, love, love to sing at the top of my lungs while I'm driving to school, to work in the morning. So I will put on my 90s tunes. Usually it's uh, Shoop by Salt and Peppa. It seems to be my go-to song in the morning. Um, and then I just belt it out on repeat sometimes. And I just feel like dancing and kind of singing and you know, I'm sure lots of people think that I'm losing my mind in the morning, but it gives, it starts my day in a positive way. So I do that almost every day. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I've shared with our listeners and and, um, with people in my community that every morning I'll dance to the, like you did nineties. I do eighties for some reason, like it's eighties and I'll go to my yoga studio before I meditate and I dance just to get my body moving, right? Just to be able to move. Um, as soon as I get up. So yeah, that's awesome. I love it. So how can people find, find you and explore working with you? What's the best way for them to reach out to you? So really the best way right now is through Instagram, um, at Chrisula underscore by Meraki. So I know you'll put it in the show notes. So that would be the best way to get a hold of me. I, if you wanted to work with me one-on-one, I would, I don't think that every, um, I'm not the right fit for everyone. So I do consultation calls and those are just free. So we can chat and see if that's, I'm, would be somebody that you could work with or vice versa. If you would be somebody, somebody that I feel that I can work with. I don't think that coaching relationship, um, is just one-sided. So yeah, just on Instagram, like I said, Chrisula underscore by Meraki. And do you have any upcoming retreats? Any, or are they in the work? Yes, I have. um, My, my plan is to do a retreat each season. So I haven't announced it yet, but the next retreat will be May 14th, Saturday, May 14th. And um, one of my love languages is uh, gift giving. So I love, love, love um, giving. And so if I know that uh, Misty was not only a uh, retreat goer at 
one retreat, but she was also a presenter. And, you know, I love that she was able to give her talents. So I appreciate that. And I'm sure that uh, Masu will be a part of future retreats as well. So I'm really excited. So May 14th is the next one. And so all that information when you release it will be on Instagram. So that definitely your handle will be in the show notes for people to reach out to you and to see it. And when she says she's a gift giver, that's an understatement because it's it, that's just an understatement. She has, it's, yeah, she's a very huge gift giver and it's an amazing addition to the retreats. I'm still like, I use the blanket that I got from the last retreat <laughs> every night. So yeah, as we're still a little chilly here. Yeah. And I love that, you know, I love that other people are inspired to give too. I think that generosity is a, um, when you are generous with, generous with your time, you know, with your gifts, I think that um, it just, it's infectious. I think people want to give yeah, as well. Exactly. So, so Chrisula, thank you so much for taking the time and chatting with us today and just sharing your wisdom, like so many golden nuggets that um, that you've shared about goal setting and just the importance of community for women. I'm so honored that you took the time to be here and uh, I can't wait to see your next retreat. Any final words you want to share? Oh, I just want to thank you. And thank you so much for having me. Yeah. This has been yeah. great. You're welcome. You. What a wonderful day. Do you celebrate all the wins in your life, no matter how big or small? I know I sure do. And so in this moment, I'm celebrating you for finishing another podcast episode and soaking up new ways to empower, transform, and uplift your life. Want to grab the show notes and all the links talked about in today's podcast? Well, you're going to find those in the episode's description, along with a link to join my Facebook community, Supporting Resilient Women. In this group, I share even more insight, tips, and tools to live your best life. Until we meet again, my friend, and to your dreams.